You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Okay, everybody. Hello, this is Jason Eagle, your Natural Health Authority with um, Healing Matters, the podcast, and also on my Facebook page, which is Strategic Healing, my YouTube channel, which is Jason Eagle QRA, Patreon, that whole shebang, everything. So today we're talking about uh, carpal tunnel syndrome, also um, tingling hands, numb hands, these different types of things, um, because they can all come from a, a same source, same reason, which is what's really going on. Um, a lot of times people miss... Uh, miss, I guess you would call it diagnose or miscalculate what a carpal tunnel, you know, my hands are numb. I guess I have carpal tunnel. I heard that from my friend, but they never got diagnosed by a doctor. And, and then even what a doctor diagnoses, there's a whole lot of different things that can cause what's called a true carpal tunnel syndrome. And then everything else down, down the row from that, which is numbness and tingling, fingers going numb, fingertips, uh, losing grip strength, these different types of things. So now I've had a lot of, of history with this on all different forms, uh, throughout my years. Um, let me first start. I've seen this work. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I will tell you, there's some ugly stuff with it, which is a lot of the surgeries, um, make it worse. Um, a lot of the surgeries, don't fix it at all. Um, a lot of the surgeries fix it, but um, you don't have the grip strength anymore. A lot of the surgeries fix it, but you have numbness and now you can't feel it anymore. So there's a whole uh, world of different things, which is, and that's one of the problems is, is, is there's no turning back to surgery. And oftentimes, sometimes the surgery, because cutting into the skin and there's various procedures, but um, everything has to cut into the skin. And even if it's arthroscopic, and usually they don't do arthroscopic, they use an open procedure. There's a lot of different stuff that they do. But let's just say, going back to cutting into the skin, the body has to form scar tissue. Cutting something that you re-sew back together again, the body knits it together with scar tissue. And the scar tissue in itself can start to twist up and twist up and make things tighter and tighter. So um, relieving the pressure on the carpal tunnel nerve or on the nerves that go into the uh, to the carpal tunnel section. And I will describe this to you anatomy-wise, what this is. What is the carpal tunnel, okay? And then also understand, I'll describe to you the anatomy and the wiring of this is a nerve. And a nerve is, you have to understand that the way that nerves work, especially this one, this one is furthest away from the signal. It's creating the signal, which is the, the fingertips and all the stuff is, is, is picking up on signals on what you touch. And it's also motor skills in terms of your body has to make you do things with the fingers. Okay. Um, so the nerves have to go back through this tunnel up the arm and go into the brain and then back and forth it has to come out of the brain to there and the carpal tunnel, uh, you know, is a little bit close to the furthest place it can go. Furthest place it can go is the extremities there and back. And then the, that's where the fingertips and the toe tips, the toe tips are the furthest place literally from the brain that it can go. Okay. So any problem like in wiring, it is, well, where is your short? Where's the short? If you say, I feel it here, it doesn't necessarily in the wrist mean it's in the wrist. In fact, it's very much like this, like, 
I like to use the analogies because the nerves are kind of like listening to somebody or a sound, which is you say, I hear it over there, right? So somebody next to you goes, hey, and you hear it, okay? But you can also be in a situation where you're in a canyon <laughs> and it's an echo or you are across a lake and somebody all the way across the lake in a cove over there is talking to their friend and almost even whispering and you can hear it just like they're there or like in a symphony or like in, in a big building where the acoustics are very good. You don't necessarily, just because you hear it right next to you doesn't mean it's right next to you. In fact, it can be bouncing off the walls and be miles away. And because of the acoustics, you feel like, so the reason I'm using this as an allergy is the pinch can feel like it's in, the signal can feel like it's in the distal place, but it can be, that's the echo that backs back. And really the pinch or the problem is higher up the chain, whether it be in the elbow, whether it be in the shoulder, whether it be in the clavicle, whether it be in the shoulder muscles, in the neck, in the C7T1, any of the vertebrae going up to there, all the way down up to C1, C2, into where it connects into the brain, which is the foramen magnum. There can be a hitch anywhere along that way. And it's interesting, it's kind of like the analogy of like a trailer hitch, which is you hook up a trailer and the lights aren't working. Well, get underneath and tell me where that short is. And it can be anywhere from right where that it's a bad light bulb all the way up to it's it's the wiring all the way through up and inside the car. And I've gone through all of those situations in an electrical lighting world and like, you know, like Christmas tree lights, which is which one is it? You know, that's a good analogy for what I have found through my years. Now, let me go into my years, which is I've been doing this practice, which includes the um, uh, deep tissue massage work with chiropractors. So I've been doing this for uh, 25 years. Nine of those years, I was I shared an office with a really good chiropractor named Dr. Patrick Chase in um, St. Clair Shores. Now, he um, apprenticed me and, you know, I had my practice, but there were many times where I didn't have people and he's like, come on in here and, and watch what I'm doing. And he had an open practice where he had open rooms so that you could go back and forth. And there was a lot of communication and I saw a lot of cases. I was also with a chiropractor. So I've seen this healed chiropractically, meaning many times a person, it was inside their neck. It was inside their neck and they needed an adjustment. Or they needed some of my work, which is the soft tissue work, the connective tissue work, the muscles and tendons and the skin and all and what's called the fascia. That can be the thing that's pinching it and not allowing anywhere in the neck, in the shoulder. Now, I've also worked with people that, for instance, went back and forth to their doctors before I worked on them and had a surgical thing. And I've had many cases where, in fact, one of, one of my most memorable cases was a lady that had this diagnosed carpal tunnel and they wanted to do surgery on her. And she actually worked in an orthopedic surgeon office. So she worked for the doctor that would have done it. Now she was like, you know, seeing Dr. Chase and he was uh, adjusting it. And Dr. Chase then referred her to me and said, Jason, I think you can help her. I think you can work with her. And I started working with her and we started doing this physical therapy type of stuff, which is the connective tissue work, um, uh, basically working on her, really working and pushing on her and stretching her. And there's all different doing what's called clock exercises, working with the eye. I did a video in the past, which is how your eye connects to your shoulder because the, uh, the muscle 
muscles of the eye that hold the ball of your eye in, that's how we look around, is the same exact muscle structure. Literally, it's like it's in the same place as around the head of the humerus, which is in your shoulder, okay? So, meaning you can do exercises with just your shoulder. So, loosen up, let's say, a locked up shoulder or a frozen shoulder or a rotator cuff. The rotator cuff is actually, rotator cuff is the same exact muscle structure and it's actually connected to the same circuitry in the brain as the eye is. That's why they call it eye-hand coordination. So, for instance, you can do stretching, you can do muscle techniques, you can do all these different types of bodywork techniques that you also incorporate looking the eye. Okay, if it's hard for you to look over, like, for instance, when I'm working with a person and it's hard to lift their arm up, right? But if you say lift your right arm up and then look up at your hand, look up. And so literally move your eyes towards the way that you want it to go. And you'll notice most people's shoulders, unless it's rock solid frozen where the muscles and scar tissue is formed, it actually goes farther. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of different techniques. But long story short, what I did is work with this lady, and then she went back to the same doctor. She was feeling a ton better, and he then reassessed it because it was coming up uh, for the surgery that he... And then when he looked at it again, he actually was mad. <laughs> she laughed so much. She was like, I couldn't believe it. He was mad at me. He was like, I couldn't cut you because it would be unethical because there's nothing wrong with this. And like, and he was like, well, but we're just going to keep checking on this and, you know, just keep coming back. And that was uh, so funny. It was a great example where... You know, she was fixed, but, it, you know, and then he, and so many people that I've worked with in the past, which is, have had these various different things where they went to the practitioner and it was a before and after. They don't want to know about after. They don't want to know how did you do it. They don't want to know because, again, neither the twain shall meet. It's not like they're going to go, oh, girl. you know, a lot of people that I work with are going, why don't they want to know it? Well, because that's not what they do and they couldn't get paid for it and, you know, it's with not within their, it's in their scope of practice, but they have specialized. So it's really not in their scope of practice. And so they don't know about it. And so I've had so many cases of people where I've worked with to before the carpal tunnel surgery happened and they fixed it and they didn't have to have the surgery. I've also had people that actually after the surgery was done and I've had multiple cases where one was after one surgery and it didn't fix it. Second surgery, I've had people had three times of the surgery where it was done and, and it was just so they were in such pain because the scar tissue kept pulling on that nerve. And then they went into some stuff where they're actually doing Botox in it to, to basically deaden the nerve. So, and I've had, I've worked on these people and have made probably 80% of them perfect, 60% of them better, right? But eight, so, you know, actually more than not that it actually is like, wow, like I know it doesn't tingle all the time. Now it's not numb and cold all the time. Now I also can pick up and hold a piece of paper because like true carpal tunnel, it deadens the nerve. So you almost, you can pick up a cup, but you can't hold onto a piece of paper. The fine motor, the, the strength is so weak. And there's also another condition that goes into this, which is related to this. And it can be also what's called thoracic outlet syndrome, meaning the pinch is at the neck or in the shoulder blade or, or above the shoulder blade. In I've seen it even in what's called the brachial plexus, where the muscles in trapezius, there's a bundle inside there. And the muscles, people have such tight muscles because they have forward head posture and they're very, very, they can't move their neck. This is what's going down to the carpal tunnel.
And I've had people where they had the surgery and it didn't go away because that was still going on or the pinched nerve inside their neck. And so many times when people go to a, a expert in the surgery, they don't know anything about coming from your elbow. And I'll describe how it can come from the elbow. I'll describe how it can come from the shoulder, how it can come from the neck, how it can come from the bite. I've seen it with people where their bite was so far off that what they were doing is as they were chewing and clenching, especially at nighttime when they were sleeping. So this is a good case. People that during the daytime, it goes away, right? As they get, but they wake up with it in the morning and their arm is numb and everything like that. And the carpal tunnel syndrome is worse. What I found out with those cases is that because they had ground their teeth down so much at nighttime without a bite splint, without a, a lift in there, what they're doing is clenching down and that was pinching on C1, which was then going straight to either one or both arms. And so essentially you got to think about what the nerves are is especially the, the hands and feet are, are very much like Pinocchio, but Pinocchio with strings, the little boy without strings, but you know, or like what's called a marionette, a marionette, which is, or a puppet which is there's a control mechanism and the joints connect together, but the finger or the hand or the wrist or all the muscles, they have no control themselves. They have to receive a signal from the brain. Now, there's another thing in terms of carpal tunnel syndrome, which is it's related to uh, what they call inflammation. So the, the surgeons can look at it and say, oh, the nerve is all inflamed because it's being pinched on. So the rub is inside there, which can be true sometimes, which is it is in the carpal tunnel. It is right in there and that's swollen up. And what they do is they cut what's called the reticulum, which is within the inside of the wrist. There's like a rubber band and they loosen up that rubber band because as the nerve starts to swell, it pushes on that and that thing pushes back. And so what they do is they cut that out or they inject it with things to reduce the inflammation. But most of those cases, it comes back because they haven't tracked it to where it came from, its origin. So now let's get into what is a true carpal tunnel. Now, carpal is there are carpal bones. There are bones in your hands, okay? And the bones in your hands are what's called the carpal muscles or the carpal bones which is that's what's inside the wrist, right? And then as we go further, that's what's called the metacarpals and then the phalanges and then the fingertips are the distal phalanges, okay? So, but the carpal bones are the ones that are those little puzzle pieces that fit together. On, and on one side, which is proximal and distal, there's what's called the scaphoid bone, there's the lunate bone, there's the, what's called the tri triquetrium, <laughs> fun one, and then there's the piziform, or uh, that's the other bone, that's, that's one end of the carpal tunnel. Then there's on the other side, there's the trapezium, the trapezoid, the cap uh, capitate, and then the hamate, which is, that is known as the projection or the hook of the hamate, that's your thumb. So the one where like the that meat of your thumb, like when they tell you how to test for when meat is done, is you you push on that thumb muscle, which is the opponent's polysis, not your thumb, but you know that fat muscle in your hand. Okay. So the reason that that sticks out is because if you zoom in under your flesh, you see that this bone and this bone is on this side, and that creates a tunnel, which is. It, underneath in that valley, so it's a mountain and a mountain with a valley on the inside of it, a bone and a bone with a valley on the inside of it. 
Through that valley is where the river runs, literally the current. It is the current of your nerves. So the nerves go through there, and they go out to the fingertips. They then spread out into each fingertip. But then, then they come back into the middle, and then they go back, and then they, they go up the arm, up through the elbow, and then up through the shoulder, and then up through, and then back and forth. It goes down and it goes up, because the signal has to come from the brain, and then from that, it has to go back and forth. So everything that happens in the body is a is a walkie-talkie of copy. Did you get me? Copy, I got you. Do this, copy. I'm doing this, copy. It's back and forth, back and forth, and then it happens. So there has to be this back and forth. So whatever happens inside the hands and fingers is really happening somewhere along the way between there and the brain. And there's a lot of structures and there's a lot of stuff that can happen there. So, but let me talk about one of the things that they talk about, like what is carpal tunnel? So often linked to its painful, weak wrist. So we can also get into, there is also some biochemical part of it. There's infection that's related to it. There's organs that are related to it. So let me talk about that a little bit too. So often linked to infection at the joints, not just inflammation. This is related to low pH, which is deficient minerals, weak adrenals. The adrenals are what controls the tendons. And inside, the that's a tendon. That's a tendon that holds those bones together. So the tendon can actually start to swell up and push on that. Weak adrenals, toxic liver, intestinal infestation, a dirty gut, which is backup of waste products into joints, deficient B vitamins. Surgery is often not helpful and can worsen this condition. The C7T1, which is that's that lump right on your neck, which is the, it's right when the cervical one. So when a person leans their head forward, it's that bump right at their shoulders, right in the middle of their neck, or what you would call the dowager's hump, which is that, that hump back. That's where that is. Not at the base of your skull, but at the bottom, right where your shoulders start, because there are seven cervical vertebrates. T1, which is right up underneath your skull. T2, they actually hook together the axis and the atlas. Then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven is the last cervical vertebrae, but that's connected to T1, which is the first cervical vertebrae. Now that's the nerve that goes out to the shoulders and goes right out to the arm. That's where it splits. That's where I-75 splits off and goes down Rochester Road or whatever you want to call it. That is a sub. The main highway is the central nervous system of the spine, the spinal cord, the vertebrae in the brain. That's where it connects into the brain. So you can have a subluxation, meaning it's out of joint and it's pinching on it right there. You can also have it, like I say, right at C1, then it goes down to there. Okay. Um, the C7, T1 spinal area at the base of the neck, at the base of the back of the neck, right, is often weakened and needs to be detoxified. So we've seen med, uh, mud packs. A lot of times people have injuries. A whiplash can cause this. I've seen this a lot in guys that are lifters that have to get, they think it's because of the lifting that they get the tarp couple tunnel. But what it is, is when they're doing, guys like are doing the, uh, putting the barbell thing on their back of their neck and they're crashing it down or they're lifting more, they're stretching and tearing it there and they can, can cause that damage there. Okay. So a, a lot of times the anti-infective, um, uh, so the symptoms would be pain, swelling, and weakness of the wrist, difficulty carrying objects. I've known people that can't hold a coffee cup. Achiness, pain in the wrist wakes them up at night. A lot of times people wake up with their hands numb. Um, so 
But like I said uh, before, which is if it comes from nighttime and then gets better during the day, we know that it's something that's happening at night. It could be the way that your neck is and the pillow doesn't work. Um, it could be, again, the jaw is clenching and you're squeezing and you're, you're, you, so you get a bite splint to fix that. Um, but again, the tendon that's inside that, so the tendon is the roof. If you're holding your hand palm up, the nerve is, is at the bottom, which is inside that tunnel. So where is the water? The water is at the bottom of the valley, but then the valley has a roof over the top of it, like a rubber band roof. And that's pull, pushing down on it. But it's it's bouncy, so it should bounce back and forth. But what happens, it becomes tight, it becomes torn, and which just starts to then almost even calcify, so it doesn't give way. And so it actually puts pressure on that actual nerve. So, but again, where's that coming from? Nine times out of ten... Oh, okay, let me go back to the, the infection. Where's infection? Because that tendon, going back to that roof, one of the things... And it's a lot of times people will have carpal tunnel, but they'll also have bad shoulders. They'll have bad knees. I got, you know, the ladies that sit at the, you know, that wear those wrist guards and stuff like that, that have been sitting at the DMV for years and years. They got a whole bunch of, you know, you're sitting at a computer working at a job for 20 years. You, they got bad hips. They got bad knees. And they say, ah, it's just because I sit around. No, it's because number one, your joints are falling apart because number one, you probably have infection. What's the number one infection that we see in joints is virus. Virus likes to live in joints because joints are the furthest place away from the bloodstream. So the carpal, well, yeah, the joints that are inside, let's say your arms and knees and shoulders and stuff like that, the synovial joints, there's no blood flow directly in them. And so it's a perfect place for things to get inside there. Bacteria can get inside there, but a lot of times it's a harboring ground for a lot of virus. So an antiviral diet, like say the lysine and stuff like that. Sometimes I've really helped people by reducing the inflammation, not, so the doctors put you on anti-inflammatories. They'll put you on ibuprofen or something like that. And they say, eh, that'll bring the swelling down. But see, the swelling, it's swelling for a reason. It's swelling because there's damage and it's because there's infection. Okay. So if you don't treat the infection and treat the, the inflammation, you're, you're taking away the force field shield. And just letting it get hit, letting it get damaged and just, you know, putting the tape over the mouth of the screaming victim and saying, shh, shh be quiet, you know, <laughs> like stop screaming, <laughs> but I'm being poked. Stop screaming. Okay. So what you have to do is you have to stop the damage. So I've seen a lot of benefit with um, people getting on an antiviral diet. I've seen a lot of candida can flare this up too. a lot of gut infection, gut dysbiosis is one of the top. So a lot of the sugar people, the people that eat a lot of sugar. Um, and lit or sugar carb addicts that can also be very toxic in the joints and then flare this up a lot. Keep in mind, we're just talking about the joint problem. Okay. Not little nerve is something else too. So I'll get to that. Um, I've seen a lot of people too, like for instance, the joints can be very dirty. So these, these people that have been sitting at the desk, right? For a long time, they also can get very constipated. They also don't poop enough. They don't go to the bathroom enough. They drink a lot of caffeine and stuff like that. And their joints get very dirty. That's where that intestinal thing comes in. So I've had people completely turn this around by getting colonics or, or basically adjusting their diet and being on enough of, of a laxative herbal type of thing to just stimulate their body. And a lot of times it's magnesium. 
low magnesium, and then when you get on the high enough magnesium, they're able to go to the bathroom. And a lot of women and stuff that couldn't do this because I can't get up for my dad. I'm a teacher. Well, this is, as I said before, COVID 2020 has been a great year for people like this to fix because, you know, if you're sitting home at Zoom, you can get up and go to the bathroom anytime you want. So there's no excuse that you can't eliminate. And a lot of times the pain, anything that's pain and swelling is related to holding on to too much toxins. So you can always get the toxins by getting out through the bowels, getting out through the sweat, getting out through the urine. These are uh, squeezing it out of the joints with, for instance, body work, like coming to see me, doing yoga, doing stretching, getting on the, the foam roller and that type of thing, because you're trying to squeeze out this dirty sponge of a joint. Okay. These are the things that I've seen very, very helpful. Um, and then, like I said, also is adjustments. Um, I've seen, so let me also describe, okay, let me go to this here too. Okay, so what also, so I described that tunnel, okay, which is, it's made out of those bones in the wrist. I'm holding my hand up and you can see that there's the, the what I call the hamate and the pisiform. Those are the hand bones. But those, the hand bones connected to the arm bones. And what are the two arm bones? There are two bones that connect there. On the left is called the ulna, ulna, little left or little finger. That's why, how you know, how they tell you medical school or whatever is, I don't know which one is which. Okay. Ulna has aft and that's the little finger. So the little finger side is the ulna and right or radius is the thumb side. And that's the radius. The reason it's called radius is because it is actually able to go back and forth and, and it radiates. It actually moves back and forth. Then we go up and so that those two bones stay the two bones and connect at the elbow. The elbow is then formed of the other end of the radius and ulna that then connects to the humerus. The humerus is now that, you know, like the femur, it's a skull and crossbones one, which is it has two knobs on one end and a round end on the other side. That's the head of the humerus. So what I've often said, so going back to that structure, is what makes up that tunnel is on one side are two mountains of bones and on the other side are two long bones. And that's what, and so if your wrist at the elbow, if your elbow is out of place, then your wrist is out of place. And I've seen times where the radius was stuck and it was twisted. And when that was twisting, it was constantly pulling on the other side because it's connected with the connective tissue to those bones. So I've seen the adjustment where popping an elbow back in place or working really deeply on the connect, like when I dig into people's arms and I use this tool that uh, is a, a, what's called the Graston technique, which is deeply doing stripping in the connective tissue. And I've had people that had had a lot of pain and no amount of drugs worked away. And one session of going through torture, and that's what they say, oh my God, it hurts so bad. But then the, it hurts so good. And at the end of the session, they go, wow, you can see them move the wrist. Like suddenly they can feel blood flow. So one time, now they, we don't stop with one time. And, and I've seen dramatic things. I've seen it also at the shoulder, for instance, the head of the humerus, which is now we're going, how is that connected to my wrist, Jason? Because it literally is connected to your wrist. You follow those bones, the hand bones connected to this bone. You follow that bone up. And where does the head of the humerus, which is that the ball and socket joint, that is the rotator cuff. 
What does that connect to? That connects to what's called the shoulder blade bone, which is that hard bone on your back. I'm tapping it right now. And then the clavicle. The clavicle is the straight bone that connects to your collarbone. That's why they call it the collarbone. The collarbone, follow it. It goes all the way out to the shoulder. So those joints hold that humerus right in the right place so that it can, so it's the struts of the car. You think about as a car, as the wheel is connected to the chassis, you have the wheels connected straight in, but then you have this other cross brace that bounces. When you see shocks go up and down, that one, that what's called the rocker arm, is the clavicle. And that's how it then connects. That keeps it in the right place of being in the right place to connect to the neck. And the thing is, is if a person has broken their collarbone or has subluxated the collarbone, you can see a lot of people, like look at their throat, okay? You can see right in the hollow of your throat, okay, that not where the Adam's apple is, but go below the Adam's apple, right? That hollow part. That's made out of, you'll see two bones right there. And you can oftentimes see people where one bone is sticking out there. Like, what the heck happened there? They got hit. And what happens is, is now that bone, instead of connecting with a, connects into like an articular cartilage, instead of fitting just right, it's on top of it. It is literally laying. So if you think about tables, like, you know, tables lined up together. So let's say you're at a conference hall. And you're sitting with those plastic tables. When they touch end to end, that's fine. But imagine one was up on top of the other. The whole row would shorten up. The whole row wouldn't work. So if one of them is on top of the other or underneath, it could be above or it can blow. And I've seen that where it can be, it can be popped out here at the throat side. I've seen it where it's popped out here at the shoulder side. And those things can be popped back in place either through chiropractically immediately or over sessions over time to shorten up the connective tissue in order to get it to go back in place. And I've seen many cases where, oh my God, like instead of having surgery that costs $30,000 on your insurance and you're laid up and everything like that, and you don't know if it's going to go well. And in fact, you're always at a risk of infection. It could have been this like, wow, we could have popped it back in place or eased it back in place or stretched it and moved it back in place. And now the carpal tunnel is not a problem because it wasn't coming from the wrist. It was coming from, I've seen cases, again, through adjustment of the neck, being able to adjust the neck, being able to adjust the base of the skull. I've seen cases where it was one or many or all of these things together, including the jaw stuff. So the reason I bring the jaw stuff is because these have been one of these most dramatic ones where it was like, you know, even after working on it chiropractically or or massage wise, or, or again, everything's in its right place. It should be working. Why is it still doing that? When you fix the jaw, like immediately or within that day, that next week, it's like, Whoa, if you sleep a couple nights with your jaw in the right place, it's dramatic because if that's what's happening and it's coming from there, um, and again, I bring these things up because again, no carpal tunnel surgeon would tell you about this. They wouldn't know about it. They, they just wouldn't consider it because, you know, it's not what they do, but also it's, they're not really thinking because anything neurologic, and a wrist is the nerve. We're talking about the nerve going through the carpal tunnel. And if we got tingling in the fingers, that's a nerve. If you got that nerve pain where I bumped my funny bone, that's a nerve, okay? Well, the nerve is, is just because you feel it in your fingers, you're actually feeling it in your head. You're you are in your head. So just because it's in the fingers, it's in the head. It's all in your head. <laughs> it, it can be that the, the bones and the connective tissue, it can also be that... 
over time, like I said, you give a person virus, you give them some um, not enough essential fatty acids, not being able to digest because that's also what the carpal tunnel is made out of those tendons that holds those bones together, tendons and ligaments. They are like leather. They have to be oiled. They have to be moist. When that, that rubber band waistband wears out, it starts to crack or it gets hard and it doesn't move, right? So the nutrients have to get to these things. And one of the things that I've also seen, this is over a period of time, is that people can develop a lot of scar tissue and that scar tissue has to be eaten. I've had people that have had where their surgery was that they went in to clean up the scar tissue. And they basically, you know, like they say, we scoped your shoulder and we found a bunch of junk in there. We cleaned it out, right? Well, how can you clean it out without surgery? Easy, actually. Very easy. Because all of these things, scar tissue, including your healthy joints, including the carpal tunnel, they're all made out of protein. All of your cells are made out of protein. And there's an enzyme that digests protein. It's called protease. In fact, I always bring this back to like you know, a, a, the stain stick. You know, we've watched those commercials where it, the enzymatic action will dissolve the grass stain, the spaghetti sauce, the blood, you know, all this. Because why? These things are made out of protein. So the phytozymes is a, um, a plant-based form of protease that we can take on an empty stomach. I've also seen another one, which is called uh, it's a, a pancreatic enzymes, pancreas, pork pancreas. Um, allergy research makes a, and they come in actually great big, huge things because you can take a lot of them. And what it is, is you're literally taking dried up pork pancreas. Well, why? That sounds gross. Well, think about a pig. A pig can dissolve anything. And uh, pigs are really good at eating anything that has any protein and then just turning it into just slop. So their pancreas creates super, super high levels of, of the, um, the protease. And so we can take protease, whether it's an animal-based or a, or a vegetable base, and it goes into, and if you take it when there's no food, and then it will go into the bloodstream, and it will scavenge through the bloodstream, and it will land on and attach protein, but not just willy-nilly protein. It will first, your body will attach it to your immune system, and the way your body works is it will first go to the hoarders. It will dissolve anomalous tissue. It will dissolve bad tissue. How does it know that it's bad? Because first of all, it's not in the right place that it's supposed to be. Number two, it also sends out a waveform signal where it's positively anionically charged. So what's supposed to be there is supposed to be in balance or negatively charged and anything that's positive, when your body is strong enough, it will eliminate it and flip it and change it. And so what will happen is the protease will go in there, will literally dissolve that excess tissue. It's kind of like, you know, the, the, you know, little microbots that go in and they know what to do. And I've seen so many people over a period of time dissolve really bad scar tissue, including in the wrist or in the shoulder or in the neck. Cause a lot of times they've had people where their neck is so messed up and so pinching and so literally it's it's grown together like calcified grown together so it can't even move um and that's what's but you can undo that and move it and open it up by dissolving this excess tissue um you know the it seems like the surgery would be a quick fix for me and so i'm i don't want to throw the whole baby out with the bathwater. i've also known people that have had a very successful not very many, <laughs> but I've known some where it did what it was supposed to do and hooray, it's great. Okay. 
But everybody also, when they find out this, they kind of go, I wish I would have had it known. Because if it didn't work, all these natural things and all of these non-invasive things didn't work, the least I would be out is some time and money. But once you go and have the surgery, you, you can't turn it back. Now, you can sometimes, and I'm telling you, I've had some cases, but sometimes the nerve damage has been done, and, and it really is hard to get back. And so, again, if a person can get this taken care of. Now, one of the other things is that we can also have it not be really truly carpal tunnel syndrome. It's just somewhere along the line, the muscles are so tight, it's pinching on the nerves going out to the hand, pinching on blood vessels, because sometimes people can also have where it's the adrenal. So a good sign of adrenal insufficiency or adrenal problems, or what they also call thyroid problems. The thyroid can be very implicated. This is because what the, the hormones do is, is they, your body goes into a fight or flight response. So when a person, for instance, is normal and they're sitting somewhere outside, let's say it's even during the summertime and it's 80 degrees. And if you were to take their body temperature 98.6 and you were to feel their hands and their feet and their fans feel nice and warm and everything like that, suddenly have a huge tragedy, like a bomb go off or something like that. If they go into shock and they go into a panic and most people, even people that are not in shock, but are just in an adrenal surge, Feel their hands and they'll tell you like, oh my God, I feel so cold and my hands feel like freezing. I felt people's hands when it's 80 degrees weather and they feel like they're, they're 40 degrees. How is that possible? Because the body creates this charge distribution where number one, the blood goes into the internal organs, goes into the brain, into the heart and everything to keep you alive. And so it pulls those resources away from the hands. So many times when people have the cold hands, and it's not a pinching of the nerve, but a pinching of the blood vessels. It can be initiated from an adrenal thing. So many times, people with very, very weak adrenals, which you can support with adrenaven, salt, uh, there's a whole list of things. And, and if it's hormonal in terms of thyroid, we can help the thyroid with a bunch of different stuff. And so again, it can be these hormones that are driving because when the hormone levels get like especially cortisol levels with stress levels and if people can have high cortisol levels all the time what that does is the cortisol level goes up and it tells those vessels to squeeze to literally close down so instead of it being a highway it turns into like a little trail which you for sure are not getting your car down Maybe if you get off foot, you can walk on it. So that's what happens to the capillaries, the vessels, is they pinch, and even ones further up. And so it keeps the blood out of there because the blood holds the heat and other stuff like that. And so the body wants to conserve its energy. You know, this can do this when you're cold, too. But it can also, like I said, do it in an adrenal shock, which is it's warm out, but your hands are cold because your body has flooded it towards. So we control that um through some of these different things in terms of being able to address the hormones, address the thyroid, if the, and address the adrenals. So uh, you can take adrenal support, herbal. Um, I also like some of the adrenal support that have the uh, animal glandulars in it, meaning even dried up cow adrenals and pig adrenals that come from like standard process and stuff like that. I really see, uh, uh, because that goes back to what the ancestors also said, which is have bad part of body, eat that part of the body. And so that's what the, the adrenals are actually what's called part of the sweetbreads. So, you know, the adrenals are often um, and kidneys. And so oftentimes, too, they would prepare the kidneys with the adrenals because the kidneys are the adrenals. The adrenals sit, they look, the, the adrenals look like little peanuts 
sitting on top of a kidney bean. Your kidneys are below it. And so your kidneys are this organ that filters your blood, but it, the adrenals sit there to squirt adrenaline into that section that goes straight to your heart and goes also to all your organs and stuff like that. So adrenal support can help to then open, turn that, that warning signal off and then those vessels open up. And those vessels, sometimes we also see, like I say, the magnesium, when the muscles are too tight and they can't relax, you put a person on magnesium. And I've seen this even with the carpal tunnel coming from the neck and sometimes too, when they're so tight and tense, you put magnesium into their body and Epsom salt baths are a great thing. The way to do an Epsom salt bath is four, Epsom salt is magnesium sulfate that absorbs into your skin, goes directly into your bloodstream. But you have to have a high enough concentration, which means you have to take four pounds of Epsom salt. That's about that big milk carton one or those six pound bags that you can get at Costco or anywhere. You know, um, they're not that expensive. You use about three quarters. So the six pound bag, use most of, you know, about three quarters of the bag and that will give you four pounds. And you soak in the hot tub for a half an hour minimum, but I like to go at least an hour. And that gives it, people go, what do you do? Well, I read a book, I watch some YouTubes, or, you know, I, I enjoy the bath. And I stretch in there and, um, you know, these different types of things. And it makes such a huge difference. And you can feel your muscles relax, but also you can feel then your adrenal muscles relax. You can feel your hands start to open up. So, um and then also I found too many times people that have a subluxation, meaning a neck injury, they when they were skiing or when they were a kid or something like that, or somebody twisted their neck or or these or through working out or a whiplash or all these different types of things, you can see those injuries create what's called a neurologic fault at that area, which is like a blown magnetic field. So even if the chiropractor put it back or I put it back through some manual therapy, it doesn't stay in place. Well, the mud packs are the magnetic field and you can jumpstart like you jumpstart a, a car. If you have a car with another energy, you can plug its battery into that one and then jumpstart. And so it's using its battery to get it started. That's what the mud packs are. And I've seen many injuries in the neck, in the shoulder. I've seen it in the shoulder. I've seen these these a carpal tunnel syndrome come from a vaccination scar, especially older people that have that big polio one, which is you test that one and you can see it's totally knocking that shoulder out. The meaning it's blocking the nerve going between the shoulder and the brain and the shoulder and the wrist. So it stands there like a wall, like a block set. Mm -mm, nobody's getting through and because it's an energetic uh, essentially a blow. It's a hole. It's literally a hole of, of like where your energy is spilling out and the nerve is losing that connection. And you can, and that's why the shoulder's out of place. That's why the shoulder tears and things like that because the energy's off. That's the other thing you have to understand is that I've had a lot of times where people have had torn rotator cuffs and torn wrists and stuff like that. But it's because the muscles that are inside there are being, the nerve is being pinched but you're still using it. So it's like grandma has a stroke and that's, I always say this, think about many times I have found pain. Again, here's a good example. Okay. Perfect example. You got a guy who says, I tore, you know, I've got a problem with my shoulder and I go to reach my arm up and I can reach it 90 degrees, but above my head is like, ah, and you can see them. It doesn't work. They can get to a certain place, but then it stops. Then it really hurts. Well, what's happening is, is because you get to that section. And the nerves that are, so anything above the head, that's where the nerve 
T7, C7, T1 at the C7 section starts. But anything below that is the T. So when you, if you have damage or tightness or where the nerve is being stretched on, when you get to that section, there's a blowout, meaning the muscles that were supposed to be there to do that, they're not there. They've, like, again, they've paralyzed. You've basically, you know, a dart gun. <laughs> These guys are asleep. And so what has to happen is then if you're going to do that, then your that's why you'll see a person arch their, their back or they'll, they'll move their head towards it. Ah, you know, is because what's happening is, is then they're using other muscles in the area to say, okay, we got this. But the problem is those muscles are not designed to do that. And if you keep doing that enough, then they will tear. And so what happens is, is I've seen many cases by doing the right type of movement or the right therapies, again, even mud packs where you restore the normal nerve and energy flow. Now the arm goes up and it's like, whoa, wow. Because, and now the carpal tunnel that's lower at the end of the chain is now able to open. So as I said, anytime you see you're dealing with a carpal tunnel, you have to pay attention to it. But usually it's just an echo for something somewhere up the chain, somewhere in the neck, somewhere in the shoulder, somewhere in the jaw, these different types of this, somewhere in the central nervous system. Sometimes it can be just your, your, like I said, your nerves are inflamed all over the body because of toxicity because of of um, some of the viral things that go after nerves would be Epstein-Barr, would be um, uh, um, lupus is the one that's in there, but the, um, uh, what's it, Epstein-Barr, and what was the other I was thinking? Oh, um, low, uh, like, um, oh, polio. So we can have the, a polio thing, a meningitis type of thing. Um, we can have these in the background and you, and you don't really know it. And it's affecting the, I forgot there was one other that was affecting the nerve that's really attractive to the nerve. I don't remember. But again, you know, don't, you don't really need to diagnose which particular virus because you can go on a broad spectrum antiviral and that is the antiviral diet and lysine. The antiviral diet is foods that are high in lysine and low in arginine. And I've had many cases where people have gotten the body work, have done this stuff, plus taken the right supplements and things to dissolve it. And it just, it fixes it and it's completely gone. And that now the rest is that they don't have to wear the wrist guards. They don't have to think about surgery anymore. And, um, and they have strength back in the arm. Okay. And, uh, but it's because they were addressing where it truly, really came from. And this thing can be, oh, shingles. Thank you, Katie. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> you know, people watching my wife, shingles. Yes. Shingles is one of the uh, viruses, shingles virus that affects the nerve. That's why you can have people have like a, a, where it creates this redness, like these, these almost like hives, but they hurt. And many people will tell you, like they can feel the shingle start coming on because you get a nerve pain. You get a pain where like the light hurts your skin or the heat feels like it's, it's eating up or it feels like it's ice cold. Um, but again, it can then affect the nerves. I've seen people with shingles where it affects their, their gait. I mean, they, they walk a little funny, but also they, their hands will jibble or, you know, or they won't have the grip strength because it's literally affecting those nerves. And you can have shingles that live in a, so shingles too can be activated. So shingles or any of these other viruses, they can be in your system dormant. But when a, meaning they're not causing a problem, they're, you're, you wouldn't know that they're there. They're asleep, right? But you can have an injury, like for instance, falling on the ice. 
can be one of these things that can start it up. I've had, this is one of the other things I've had. So many people that said I was fine, but then there was that one winter that I fell on the ice and that's when it all started. And it started not just in the wrist or not just in the knee, but started throughout the whole body too, because it set up the immune system. So the, it was the immune system that was attacking the nerve or the immune system that was attacking the tendons. Again, an infection, because why the shockwave of the injury woke up the virus. Now the virus is like, what, what's going on? And then it starts wreaking havoc. You still have to deal with the virus and again, make it go dormant. But again, there can be many, so there can be other, uh, like for instance, I've had people too that they didn't know they had this virus or they didn't know they had this condition, but then let's say they caught a fever, they caught, uh, you know, um, uh, so anything that can be a trauma, so uh, meaning, you know, getting a cold, getting a flu that then set this off. Um, so the answer is still tracking down what the infection is. But it can, again, when you're talking about people like, I'm the expert in this thing, they would, I'm telling you, even me talking about this, they would going over their heads unless they sit and think about it and they go, Oh yeah, that actually could do that. And that would do that. Yeah. How do we know that this nerve problem of a carpal tunnel at your nerve is not actually an infection in your nerve or is not actually a response to damage of your immune system attacking your nerve is not a deficiency in the, um, like I said, the, the DHA, the essential fatty acids is not a deficiency in even the transmission of the nerve, because the nerve also has to go through these juices of electrolytes. And so you can have a person that has low sodium that then their nerves doesn't work correctly because the nerve need sodium, potassium, magnesium. That's why people can get muscle spasms, you know, those leg cramps and they all oh, just eat a banana. Why? Because potassium controls the nerve. Magnesium. Ah, your muscles are tight. Drink your, take your magnesium. Yes, because magnesium is an element, is a mineral. It's an electrolyte that could, that is the nerve. So if you don't have enough of these minerals, then zinc can be one of the other ones too, because it helps to carry the transmission of the electrical signal through the nerve. So sometimes even nerve pain, there's nothing wrong with your nerve. So this can be a real confusing thing for some people because they go to the expert and they go, I ain't feeling anything wrong with you. Like <laughs> there's, I don't know why here, take some anti-anxiety medication, go home. Right? <laughs> and, and, and many times that makes people better too, because they're just all zoned out, but it doesn't solve the problem. And that's what this is. This carpal tunnel can be very complicated, but I will tell you 90% of my 100% cases where it did what it was supposed to do, where we fixed it, it involved some form of body work, meaning going to having a tag team between me and a chiropractor or just me working on the person and being able to move it because sometimes it's those bones and the tendons that are stuck together and stuck in the wrong place and you can move them back in the place and you can open up the nerve so sometimes the muscles being so tight is compressing the nerve and we can stretch you and elongate you and now the nerve is now it's able to breathe and actually send the signals back and forth so that's my two shakes on carpal tunnel i've seen a lot of it over the years because like i said i've been in this for a long time and i've seen some horrible cases and even mild cases just turn into complete cures where it's fixed and it's people are ecstatic. I've had a lot of success with carpal tunnel because it is something that once you get it right and you figure out what's causing it, not, you know, 
almost 100% of these things, you can address it and fix it. But the difficulty for many people is it's so complicated and it can be this, can be that. And, you know, you can have a body worker or a chiropractor that doesn't know the supplements very well, does not know the natural anti-inflammatories, does not know the the viral or the, the other anti-infective componentry to it. There's a finesse to this, and I've been doing this a long time. Like I said, I had a lot of success with it. Really, really astounding. You can even look at my testimonials, and I have some, I think, that talked about their carpal tunnel, which is like, wow, like this really, really helped. So till next time, this is Jason Eagle, your natural authority with uh, Healing Matters. Okay, bye-bye.